The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, and Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. It is Friday, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Maurice, it is, um, it's Friday, we've made it to another high school football weekend. We better than some teams, several teams, unfortunately. Knock on wood. Actually, for us, because yeah, we better get on, get on that because we don't need to be uh, in the same boat as some of these other teams, unfortunately. Exactly, folks. It's Friday, eight minutes past the hour of nine o'clock here at WKOM one hundred one FM. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. We've got a great show for you today. We've got Chris Brooks coming up this hour from six one five Preps. We're going to talk about obviously Metro. Nashville teams, uh, some other top games in the area, and of course, later this hour we will talk about some games that we would like to be at if we could be at some games other than where we will be tonight. If you would like to call us, tell us what game you are looking forward to either being at or taking part in, 931-381-1017, 931-381-1017, as Clayton goes to get the phone. In case they do call. It's all good. That's how it happens. So, after, yesterday at 11, no, I'm sorry, about 12 o'clock-ish. 11.45. About 11.45, yeah. About about like we always do. And this is a typical, uh, this typically happens after we get off the air, we find out some information that we would love to break on the air. Unfortunately, timing is everything. Yeah, uh, we, we haven't been able to do that to this point. That being said, we find out Summit and Page has been postponed at this time. Summit tried to find another game but couldn't, and tried to ask us if we could help them. <laughs> we could not. We tried. <laughs> we we did. I, I even gave them some diabolical options, but uh, not sure how that will work out or has worked out, but. So, Summit, to this point, as far as we know right now, they will not play tonight or tomorrow or until. Which means that over a three-week period, Summit will have played one game. Yeah, and that's not ideal for the sport. And that, that wasn't the plan. No, it was not the plan at all. And, again, this is a Summit. This is not on Summit. Apparently, Paige has been hit pretty hard by COVID-19, which means they will be the ones who take the – no contest while Summit gets a region win uh, to this point, unless they are able to reschedule it, which is possible. There are there, there are possible 
I'm not sure. No, it's I, not. I don't it's think it possible. is possible right, because no. Paige has Paige has Centennial next week, and then they finish with three straight region games. I right. think Summit's open date was supposed to have been week ten, the twenty third. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, the, they're I don't, getting plenty I, of those these days. Too many, I would think. Far too many. So yeah, Summit Page will not play tonight. We already knew that Indy and Brentwood were not playing tonight. Uh, we did find out that Indy and Innsworth will also not play next week due to Independence's entire Situation. school being yeah. shut down. Yeah, that was going to be a Thursday game uh, um, before spring break, but they will not play that game. So the Eagles are down tonight and next week. Yeah, you, and you don't you, you just hate to see that, especially for Independence who had to pick up Innsworth after CPA was forced. Actually, the CPA game was not that was it, it a was weather issue. weather issue, but mm-hmm. they um, they were had they had to shut that one down uh, due to some heavy rains and lightning that week. Mm-hmm. So they they did pick up Innsworth to take care of that week, but unfortunately, that game will not take place, which means that Independence will not return to action until Dixon County on the sixteenth. So that's that's rough. It's a nice stretch of. Inactivity. So we currently have four teams in the area who will not play tonight. Mm-hmm. Summit, Independent, Colum- Independence, Columbia Academy, which this is their second week of the shutdown. Yeah, they should be back next week. And then we. And in fact, I think Columbia Academy has a practice schedule tomorrow. That's good. That's that's. A, I mean, they need to get back on the field as much as possible. But Maurice, just before. We got on the air today. We finally get to kind of break some news here on the air, and we, we with to, an asterisk. Yeah, kind of, kind of tell us a little bit about how this one came about. Okay, so, <laughs> so as Chris said in the in the in our next segment, we're going to visit with Chris Brooks from Six One Five Preps. Um, in the second hour, we will speak with Forest Coach Eli Stevenson. Um, the plan was to talk about his game coming up tonight against visiting Summertown. Um, as we texted him to confirm his availability to talk about the game, he responds, yes, sir, but our game's been canceled. So apparently Summertown has some COVID issues as well that are um, preventing that game from being played. And he, you know, we'll speak more about that again in the second hour, but the short of it, Summertown Forest not playing uh, becomes the fourth of our area teams to get shut down tonight. Yeah, it's not uh, it's not been a great start to October for local high school football teams, unfortunately. Yeah, we were hoping October was going to be better. We did. We you know at this point it's been a a roller coaster to say the least, as far as COVID-19 and high school football season is concerned. Um, it it still appears to this point that it's not athletic competition, which is breeding this, despite four teams in our area being sidelined this week. Those four teams, have they don't play each other, so it's completely yeah. unrelated. And so it's just a – it's an unfortunate situation for all of these teams, those who are having to cancel and those who are whose games are being canceled because right. 
of other teams. It's just a struggle, and I, I feel bad for these kids who work hard and practice all week. They get ready to play a game, and then boom, on Thursday at 3 o'clock, it's sorry. Well, I feel bad for the teams that are having to cancel because in a lot of instances, it's not necessarily directly involving them. It's a school right. situation, Where, not necessarily a team situation. Yeah, very similar to the the central situation that we talked about with the contact tracing at the ACT testing. I mean, it's it, it's contact tracing, and you you can't you know you have to take every precaution that you can, but it's you know who knows whether or not these kids will even get the virus, right? And they're being sidelined because they were in the same room with someone who did have it. Yeah, and and that's, and that's um, unfortunate. It, it's unfortunate because, you know, a lot of these coaches and a lot of these players are saying, you know, we're doing what we need to be doing. We're doing all we can do, and it still feels like punishment. It's not punishment. It's it's everybody trying to keep everybody safe. But But when you want to play and you can't play, it feels like punishment. Especially when, again, it's not – anything that you've done as a Mm -hmm. team or a coach you know um it's really you know it's just unfortunate that what we're having to talk about but again summit page postponed probably canceled uh unless something drastic happens even though that is a district region game i'm sorry Mm -hmm. indians worth canceled next week summertown forest canceled tonight perhaps postponed uh, I haven't looked. Um, but Texting with Coach Stevenson, he didn't seem to feel like it was going to be made up. But, again, we'll talk more about that in the second hour. Right. And then, obviously, the Jackson Christian-Columbia Academy game is canceled as Columbia Academy concludes their quarantine, um, isolation, however you want to refer to it. Again, they are scheduled to practice tomorrow and um, – get ready for their trip to Trinity Christian on Friday. Man. All right. Also, I guess let's talk about some good news. Right. <laughs> let's end this segment on a high note. Yeah. Mount Pleasant Volleyball did play and is playing. Mm-hmm. They got a 3-1 win over Fayetteville last night. At Fayetteville. At Fayetteville. 25-15, 15-25, 25-22, and 25-22. That that match was not a district match, but the district tournament does start on Monday mm-hmm. where number five seeded Mount Pleasant will take on number four, Lewis County, at Collinwood at 7 p.m. And the winner advances to the semifinals of the district tournament. Where they will Tuesday, be rewarded. Where they will be rewarded by playing top-seeded, Number one in the state. Defending state champion, Summertown. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> hey, congratulations. You won your first round playoff game. Here's your prize. Go get them. Yeah. Good luck. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's the playoffs. There's nothing, you know, who, who knows. A- anything can happen. Anything can happen, but my goodness. It's, it's you know, it's Summertown. It's a challenge. To say girls sports out in Summertown is uh, – to say they are dominant. They take it serious. Yeah, is an understatement. <laughs> they so. take it serious. There you go. After winning the girls' golf state championship earlier this week, 
they will be looking for to, the third straight year. Yeah, they will be looking to take that momentum into volleyball as district play gets underway. Like I said, in the next segment, we will talk with Chris Brooks of 615 Preps. Got plenty of stuff to talk about with him. We also will talk about high school football games around the area that we would like to be at or that we're keeping an eye on tonight. That will be in segment three. Um, That's uh, closer to the bottom. And uh, after that, we will talk with Coach Eli Stevenson from Forest high school about tonight's cancellation and get an update on his player um michael mcclendon McClendon. Mm -hmm. so all right when we come back we'll talk about we'll talk with chris brooks from 615 preps when we come right back on southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid-tennessee bone and joint Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. It is 24 minutes past the hour of 9 o'clock here at WKOM 101 FM. A beautiful day here in cool Columbia, Tennessee, and it is very cool outside. I'm not, I'm not mad about it. It's very nice out. And one of the coolest things about Friday is we get to talk about games that are outside of maybe sm-tnsports.com coverage area but also within the listenership area of WKOM, and that reaches all the way into South Nashville, which means we're going to bring in our friend, 615 Preps, Chris Brooks. Chris, welcome. Morning, guys. How you doing? Doing well, Chris. Appreciate you joining us. Um, Absolutely. Hey, I know you were out on Thursday night covering a little football. Um we fortunately did not have any Thursday night games last night, and so I was able to kind of sit home and watch a little Padres Cardinals. But that's that's neither here nor there. I I, I, I know that we are all glad to to still have high school football to watch. But um, what um, what did you see where you were at? Well, I was at Stewart's Creek last night. They had McGavick for a region game, and, and I, I look at the schedules when they first come out and, and pick out some Thursday games just so I can take the day off of work on the following Friday because this isn't my full-time job. If some people haven't figured that out by now. But uh, Stewart's Creek, they ran over McGavick, and it wasn't really a surprise, 49-6. to six. Uh, The Red Hawks have kind of played with a chip on their shoulder all year long. They lost 30-something seniors off of last year's team. They pretty much had an entire coaching overhaul again for the second straight year. Uh, ben Caldwell was on a, was on the staff last year, was elevated to head coach, and he's done a really good job of getting this team competitive right off the bat. They're the only team that even hung more than 10 points up against Oakland, which is an, an accomplishment in itself this year. And, and he's got a court. That was a pickup game, right? 
it was. It was a pickup game on maybe a couple of days' notice. Really, it was a it was a short notice game, and they, they put twenty four up against them. They lost by twenty four, but you know, <laughs> most teams have been losing by twenty four to Oakland or more than that. So you know, they've easily done the best against the Patriots this year. But they've got a quarterback, Alex Krentz, who was a receiver last year that pulled him back into the quarterback spot. And he's kind of really just taken over this team as a leader. Runs a lot of stuff out of options, a lot of pre-snap reads that he's having to do, stuff at the line of scrimmage. And he's been really impressive in the two games that I've seen him this year. This region, of course, it's got four Metro teams in it. So really it's going to be those three teams, Laverne, Smyrna, and Stewart's Creek. And then Kane Ridge, they're going to make the playoffs. There, there's, it's really about it's decided at this point. So what Stewart's Creek can figure out is how far up they can get in that region order to avoid seeing a Brentwood or a Ravenwood in the first round. Okay. All right. Um, dealing with the number of Metro teams in that region, and, and mm-hmm. 5-3A is, is much the same with Giles County and then um, – the rest made up of Metro teams with them just getting back on the field this past week, this being their week two. Um, what did you, and, and for McGavick, I guess this was their first game because they were supposed to play at Hillwood last week and one or both of them was out of action for COVID. Is well, that correct? It was actually their second game. They picked up good pasture on That's right. literally seven hours notice, like 10 30 <laughs> Friday morning. That game was made. And they played it so you're saying tonight. there's still a chance for some other teams in our area tonight? It, as long as <laughs> you, they got about another they hour. still got an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you want to try to break the record, yeah. <laughs> Goodness gracious. That's... 10.30 is the record right now. Goodness. But, uh, yeah, they, they, it was 42-12. They lost a good pass. I don't really think they were trying to get in there and, and do anything but just get game reps in. Okay. Your game last night was at Stewart's Creek, I assume? It, it was. It was in the – only my second game that I've done in Rutherford County this year. Okay. Um, but I will say I will say this about the crowds there. Mm-hmm. They have taken social distancing and masks extremely seriously, far more so than any place else that I've seen. Okay. Well, that's good to hear. That's that's good to hear. Wear a mask. Um, did you go to a Metro game last week? I did not get to go to a Metro game last week. I was actually at Ensworth. They played NBA in that one. Okay. NBA kind of rolled in the fourth quarter. Yeah, uh, I'm hearing a lot of really good things about Marcel Price. Uh, Marcel Reed, excuse me. Yeah, he's gotten a lot bigger just as a player. He's growing into his body a lot more. He looks like a, a, a really good dual threat quarterback. They're going to be good with him at the helm for a couple more years. From what I understand, um, there's some extra, I guess, some pregame protocols for media members and that kind of thing as it pertains to Metro school football coverage. Have you heard, are you aware of anything along those lines? I, I had my other guy, Scott Burton, actually out at Antioch last night, and, and he said it was it was tough trying to navigate all of that because they were trying to shut the crowd out but let the people in who needed to be in there. So I haven't seen it personally until we go hmm. until we go to a Metro game ourselves. It'd be tough to figure out how to navigate all that. He's going to be at, at Overton tonight for Beach and Hillsboro. So we'll learn more about how they're handling 
that kind of stuff at that point. I would imagine they're taking more precautions just because they're trying to keep everybody out with, with all that happened at ProCone with you know, fans getting in the parking lot, trying to watch the game there from the parking lot, and then even Metro Police having to get involved and, and tell them to get out. You know, it, it's not a great situation, but at the same time, you know, these were these were the, the, the guidelines in place for them to play. Right. So nobody likes it, but we've got to navigate it. Right. It's my understanding that, you know, media members pretty well need to um, make advance plans with whatever school, whatever, whoever the host school is to be able yeah. to get in. So, um, yeah. And we tried to do that with everybody this year just because, you know, it's a, it's a good thing to do and to keep people from having to go into the press box for any reason. We're trying to get rosters pretty much one or two days in advance. How's that working for you? Not well. <laughs> All right. I, I not just, well. I didn't know if you were having any better luck than we were or not. <laughs> Every I'll not get one in advance, but I may have to go up there and stick my head in the window and say, hey, you got the other roster? Mm-hmm. But um, I think as more people kind of figure out what we're trying to do, that'll get a little bit better. Plus, we've seen teams that we've covered before that they understand that, you know, it's important for us to not go up there if we can help it. Right. Speaking with Chris Brooks from 615 Preps, Chris, last night some history was made over at the Hill as Green Hill gets a 52-6 to win over Stratford. Um, what's ha, Have you seen anything about this Green Hill team or something that obviously a, a new school and whatnot, uh, how difficult is that to start your first season in, um, in during COVID? That's got to be tough, huh? It's been difficult for them for a number of reasons, COVID being forced first and foremost, because the the off-season program for them was basically shuttered. Everything was done virtually, and they had to, they've had to shuffle their schedule like everybody else, and then you're trying to deal with getting a team off the ground and getting some chemistry amongst them. It's been difficult for them, but... You know, last night was huge for them, for Josh Crouch and that program, because, you know, you don't want to go 0-10 your first season like Rockville did last year. You get that first win on the field in your first year, and it's a, it's a program builder. Um, Chris, you mentioned one of the games. I guess you were going tonight to um... – Overton for Beach Hills Bar, is that right? I've got one guy going there. I'm going to be headed to Smyrna for King Ridge and Smyrna. Okay. Um, so is Hillsborough playing their home games at Overton? They're, that That's right now. I guess that's the plan if Overton's not at home themselves. Uh, this was actually – it was shuffled between Overton and possibly playing at Beach. They, they changed the site twice, I think, this week <laughs> and settled on playing at Overton. So you know, until Hillsborough gets their home field back, I, and I don't know when that's going to be. Um, they're going to be kind of nomads again. It's the third straight season that they've kind of been. That, Has it been three boat. years? I, I, I think it's right. Yeah. I, man, that's tough. And for them to have had the success that they've had in, in the face of all that is pretty amazing. Um, and, and I, um, I saw on your website, you guys do a little, um, prognosticating of Friday night games and, and it almost looks like, Y'all cheated off of each other as you took the score of, of this um, Beach Hillsborough game. I told I told Scott Burton, my co-host, that uh, it was just kind of wild that we had the same idea of how the game was going to go. And 
I didn't look at their scores when they sent them to me. I was like, I'm, I'm trying to figure mine out, and then I look at theirs, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. We all picked we all picked 24-21 for Beach, and it was like, how does this even happen? Like, <laughs> I don't know. 2020 strikes again, I guess. I don't know. There you go. It's going to be a lot of fun out in the entire mid-state area tonight, Chris. Any games outside of the ones that you are covering that you will be looking at? I know we will certainly we'll, – we'll be talking about some of those, and it's probably the same one that you're about to mention. But any particular game that you're keeping an eye on tonight? Yeah, I think you had you had that in mind. Oakland <laughs> and Brentwood, obviously, is the biggie. I mean, <laughs> and when they made that game a couple of days ago, I'm like, how do we get our guys out there? But we had already asked where we were going, so we didn't want to we didn't want to renege on that one. So, but uh, yeah, that's huge for those teams. Could this be a Blue Cross poll preview? Perhaps. I think Oakland's going to get there, but the western half of that bracket is up for grabs between Brentwood, Ravenwood, Independence, and whoever stumbles out of West Tennessee because with Memphis not playing, that side of that bracket is completely wide open. Yeah, and um, like you said, Oakland feels like a favorite to get back to Cookville. Um, The sad thing about matchups like this is in this current climate that we're in, I mean, can you imagine how many seats, how many tickets you could sell to that game under normal conditions? Yeah, listen, I had Beach and Gallatin last year. They had nearly 7,000 people. Beach's stands are much bigger than Brentwood's, but Brentwood would have packed them in pretty much as well. Yeah, there's no telling what that number could have been had it not been for the restrictions, um, and it's unfortunate. But I think they're they're doing the game on YouTube as well if, it, if it's not televised, but people will get to watch it in some way, shape, or form tonight. Yeah, Brentwood does. Um, they're – their media yep. program is very good over at Brentwood, and they, they do a great job. And The difference in this game particularly is that they're unable to get a full week of preparation, and you barely even knew you were going to be playing Oakland. Now you're preparing. You go from preparing for Jackson Campbell to a completely different style of offense. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah, it's it's going to be a real test for Brentwood's defense because there's so many playmakers on Oakland on Oakland's offense, and they're not on the field at the same time, which is scary because even if you have, you know, Antonio Patterson taking reps or getting rest, Jordan James is right there as well to pick up a slack at running back. You know, Oakland comes at you so many different ways with so many different weapons that if you take one play off, they're gone. That's hmm. wild. That's that's um going to be a challenge for Brentwood but I I think um, at this point the ability to get on the field kind of trumps everything else. For sure for both teams really because Oakland's been hit hard with scheduling cancellations on their own end. Of course they they lost their game at Blackman this week they've lost the game earlier in the season I know I I don't remember who it was but it would have been the second game that they've lost due to COVID and not their own fault either. Right. Which is which would be tough. And meanwhile, Brentwood was supposed to play Christ Presbyterian last week and couldn't. Mm-hmm. And so this would have been their second straight week as well. So, um, right. you know, it's, it's <laughs> as we've said on here on more than one occasion, it's a fluid situation. But I really do um, tip my cap to these coaches for, for being so adaptive and adaptable and picking up these games on the fly the way they have in a lot of instances. 
it's really forced them to be creative and scheduling and not just in game situations, but their entire week. Because like you said, they could be preparing for one opponent Monday through Wednesday, Thursday morning comes around. You got to find another game and get a game plan on a few hours notice and have your kids get that game plan and start working on it. Um, so yeah, like, these coaches have done a terrific job for the most part of they're just being adaptive and flexible and, and just having open minds about where they play, who they schedule. And it's good to see that. And I hope it kind of forces some different matchups going forward when we get the new regions in a couple of weeks to see how these matchups might play out in the next two years. Chris Brooks, 615 Preps. Chris, thanks so much for everything you do for high school football in the mid-state area. You are a wealth of knowledge and you can follow him and his team over at 615 Preps on Twitter. Where else can they get you, Chris, or how can they follow you? Uh, also on Instagram at, at CBrooksTN. I personally at CBrooksTN on Twitter as well. We also have our 615 Preps Facebook page and our YouTube channel, which we're putting up content weekly. We've got game highlights from last night's game with Stewart Creek and McGavick, I know. I think we also have Antioch Hunters Lane coming probably tomorrow as well. And we'll have we'll drop some more videos on Sunday from tonight's games as well. We appreciate it. Like I said, thanks for taking some time to join us today here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Um, once again, Chris Brooks, six one five Preps. Make sure to check them out. They do a great job covering high school football in this area. Chris, thanks. Thanks, guys. Appreciate what y'all do as well for high school football, and uh, y'all enjoy tonight. Hey, thank you, Chris. They do a pretty good job with 931 preps as well, but um, the, the, the title is 615 preps. Hey, when we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, we are going to talk a little bit more about some games going on in the WKOM coverage area. Stay tuned. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. About a quarter till 10 o'clock. Maurice, we've got several games in the area that I am looking forward to keeping an eye on tonight. We just spoke with Chris Brooks from 615 Preps about that Oakland-Brentwood game. That's an interesting matchup, no doubt. But there are several other games in our area that we will be taking a look at tonight, one of which I'm really excited about over in Unionville, out in the middle of nowhere, mm -hmm. as Loretto, coming off that big win over Summertown last week, they traveled to community tonight. That's a pretty big game for that region, especially for Loretto. It is a big win for them. You know, they got to one and one in the region with that win against um, Summertown last week, and 
suddenly they're looking like they got a shot at postseason play if they can continue this with a win over at Community, who has struggled thus far. Right, and the Mustangs have a, a big opportunity here, like you said, playoffs on the line, potentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, when you look at that region, you tend to think Lewis County Forest. Um, right now, Eagleville's struggling a little bit. They got Lewis County tonight. So, you know, Eagleville could throw a big old wrench in things if, if they could get a win tonight they at could. over Lewis County. They could throw a big-time wrench into things. But, um, you know, behind that, again, Summertown suddenly 0-2, scheduled to go to Forest tonight. That's not happening, so – they're, they're going to take a no contest. Forrest is going to pick up a COVID win. Um, that really puts the Eagles in a very tough situation it, it with uh, with both. I know they've got Eagleville. They've got community. community and that may be – I think that's it. That might be it. Yeah. So, not ideal – it's not. It's and and suddenly you know help. for for a team that was ranked number nine in the state all number of a sudden, seven at one time they're they're in a tough spot uh, real quick. But yeah, big big opportunity for Loretto on the road over at Community tonight, like you said. That's going to be a fun one. Of course, you have some other big games, and here here's one that I'm I'm really interested to see how how it continue. You know, that Creekwood at White House game could. I mean, six and zero Creekwood, five and one White House. That's a game that has some big region implications over there as well. And and White House, you know, a traditional power in this area. Creekwood, a relatively young program, um, but five and one to start off. That this would um kind of allow them to announce their presence with authority to some degree if they if they were to pick up a win here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Any other games that you are taking a look at around the area? I've got one particular in that, that I'm looking at. I'm I'm curious to see if you've if you've got it written down. One game that I'm going to kind of be interested in seeing how it goes is Fayetteville and Cornersville in Region Five. That is that that is a huge game. Yeah, Fayetteville goes over to Cornersville, and that's two of the three teams out of that region that are ranked in the AP top 10, you know, Fayetteville is five and Cornersville is nine. So, so you got a couple, at least a couple of top 10 matchups that Oakland Brentwood is, um, number one and number five in six a, but, um, quietly this Fayetteville Cornersville matchup is, is going to be a pretty good one. I think. I don't think there's any question. That one will be the one that I was thinking about up in Nashville, two Metro schools, Pearl Cone and East Nashville. Big region game. Uh, talk about a big one. This one is important yeah. for both of these teams. East Na- <laughs> and here's here's what's funny about that one. So East Nashville comes into this game having won 51-6 against Maplewood, a Maplewood team that you'll see tonight at That's Spring right. Hill. Pearl Cone comes into this game having beaten Hillsboro 14-7 in double overtime. I think that game ended – regulation scoreless it, reds braves it did <laughs> um i'll tell you i was i was listening to the friday night live show while that was going on trying to you know and uh, sarah's in the car she's like how are they are they gonna play like forever and i said <laughs> well if they keep 
being tired, then yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, yeah. they will. But it, She uh, said, how'd they score so many points in overtime? Because I guess she didn't understand the 10-yard. The mm-hmm. I said, they put the ball at the 10-yard line, so they have four chances to get it. She was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, if, if they ever decide to put it at the 25 in high school, that'll really make some things interesting, I think. One more game I think we should mention because it's this what I'm the game that I'm about to tell you is one of the most important games for two of our area teams. And it's that Shelbyville Lincoln County game. It is probably as big of a game as any other as far as playoff implications are concerned. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks here in Columbia will be keeping an eye on that one because they have the win over Lincoln County. If Lincoln County was to beat Shelbyville and then Shelbyville was to beat Central, it would be a three-way tie potentially at the end of the year. (laughs) And and with COVID and tiebreakers, boy, it just goes haywire. And and here's what's crazy. You're paying attention to it, but you don't know what outcome it is that you need from it. You have no idea. <laughs> it, because, you, I, I mean, I guess either way, Columbia says if we beat Shelbyville, none of, it doesn't matter. Right. But if but if they don't play Shelbyville, then... Who knows? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. I'll tell you a game I'm keeping That's an eye on. One. And it's got nothing to do with anybody in our direct coverage area, but... The battle of well, yeah, it does centennial uh, independence? It would impact independence potentially. The, yeah. Potentially, the battle of Franklin um, as Centennial goes over to face the Admirals. Go across Franklin Road there. Just for for full disclosure, Maurice is wearing his Carolina blue this morning. My, my two tone blue. His his two tone blue yeah. in support of his hometown cougars (laughs) it was it was completely coincidental yeah coincidental that there that his his kid's alma mater is playing his alma mater and um he he just happened to be wearing the colors of his kid's school i'm just saying i you know big rivalry game big day you go to the closet what am i gonna wear maybe i'll wear this now i don't know man You didn't have a number two outfit. That's why I got to have a number two outfit, like I do. I did not have. <laughs> I did not have a number two outfit. This was <laughs> it was it was all or nothing with this, and we didn't want nothing. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you didn't have your swag from our boys over at Jones and Lane. Uh, you, uh, yes, I'm wearing mine though because yes, I did have you it. <laughs> are. Yeah, yeah. That's what happens when you ride with people. Hey, uh, real quick, because you know, speaking of what I'm wearing, is it's a long sleeve, kind of kind of warm. Um, folks, if you're going out to a game tonight, <laughs> I wouldn't say bundle up, but, but dress. What you, but what warm. you've worn, what you've worn the first half of the season may not be enough tonight. Don't say you weren't warned. Yeah, the weather, the weather for tonight is going to definitely be a. Um, a different type of weather than we've seen. <laughs> That's a seen. good way but, to put it. And again, you know, it's you're talking. It's 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 October, so of course, you know, it, it, it's now fall. It's going to be nice. You know, you might want to wear a a little beanie or something like that, and make sure to wear a coat. 
and long pants and long pants would be huge yeah it, it you know it's gonna be a it's gonna be a little bit of a chilly night so. it's gonna be upper 50s at kickoff Clayton said he's bum he's gonna bundle up for sure don't say you weren't warned yeah. that's all I'm saying I don't want I, I I like the colder weather because like I've said on here uh, you can always put more clothes on but that being said make sure you have an extra layer tonight yeah um Maurice, we have again we we want to go back let's go back over this because it's important that everyone knows this for sure mm-hmm. that summit page has been postponed independence brentwood independence brentwood has been postponed brentwood or, has picked up oakland correct summertown forest likely canceled yeah ca jackson christian canceled right so that is those are our four local teams that will not be playing tonight if you are planning to go to any of those games. The Summit game that was it was scheduled to be on WKOM tonight at 101.7. If we can't broker a deal in the next segment, <laughs> I assume that J.P. Plant will have his whip around mm-hmm. on 101.7 tonight during that contest, and you will be able to hear Columbia Central and franklin county on wkrm but you do have if you if you were planning to go to a game and you are not and you want to get out there are probably some tickets available to some local games we have for sure columbia central at franklin county we have maplewood at spring hill we have we got richland we got Richland at Zion, and I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. If you were planning to go to a game and you suddenly find yourself unable to go to a game, that's a good. One. I would make my way out to Zion Christian tonight. That's going to be a good ball game. And then Huntland travels to Mount Pleasant. But yeah, I, Richland Zion is going to be. That's going to be a good ball. It's game. It's our game of the week. Yeah, and I I just think like like we were saying yesterday, I think the different offenses is really going to make that entertaining. It took a broken up pass in the end zone on an untimed down at the end of the game for Collinwood to get out of there with a 32-26 win last week. I think Zion is going to give Richland some problems. And I think it's going to be fun to watch. I think it's going to be again, it's going to be a great game because like we said it's two completely different styles. You've got Zion with the the ability to throw the ball around a little bit. Mm-hmm. You've got Richland who relies on that run game, especially with the the read option with Sam Edwards and uh, Austin Seals. So, yeah, I, I definitely think – is it Holcomb Field? Is that mm-hmm. what you, Holcomb Field over at Zion Christian? I would get out there. I um, would. Several. But there are plenty of options. Um, like I said, plenty of options tonight. So, if you want to see high school football, definitely do so. There is a – I think we have one – non-football game tonight i think you're right um so definitely want to mention that let me see if i can remember who it was uh you can pull it up the full schedule is on sm-t and sports.com hampshire at santa fe volleyball there we go that's at 6 p.m bump set spike that's the way we like (laughs) yeah that's a old cheer I didn't know that cheerleaders did volleyball until like randomly one day our cheerleading squad showed up and I was like, what, what is this? (laughs) 
Anyway, want <laughs> to also give a big shout out to a Spring Hill softball player. Yes, and uh, tease you could tease that to the to the website if you want to. Oh, no question, Denasia Wade, um, ultra talented outfielder. Actually, the first time I saw her was her freshman year at Spring Hill. She was playing shortstop, um, so that just speaks to her athleticism. But um, Ms. Wade committed yesterday to Alabama A and M. She will sign a scholarship down there, A um, and M. Down in Huntsville, plays in the SWAC NCAA Division One program. Uh, big move for her. Really, really happy to see that. Um, especially considering she only got five games in her junior season for obvious reasons. So, looking for some big things out of her this this spring on the diamond before she takes her talents to Huntsville. Yeah, that that junior season she she was okay. <laughs> she was all right. Yeah, apparently she hit 571 with four swiped bags and a couple of extra base hits. So yeah, she's that's a you know that's not a bad day at the office. She's fun to watch. I tell you, I would put her on your radar come softball season if you get a chance to get out and check her out. She's yeah, she chose Alabama A and M over TSU, Grambling, Freed Hardman. So I mean, some some really solid yeah, options. She. Wants to be a certified athletic trainer when she grows up. Well, there we go. So she's going to go down there and major in kinesiology. Hey. Big plan. Congratulations to Nasia for your scholarship offer and signing. We look forward to all of the great things you will do down in Huntsville at Alabama a And again, if you want to see more on that, you can um, view that article on the website, sm-tnsports.com. All right, that's going to do it for hour number one. On the other side of this break, we will visit with Forest head coach Eli Stevenson, talk about his canceled game for tonight, but also a couple of other things and how he thinks that region's going to shake out. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be right back on WKOM 101 FM. The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries and their ortho-quick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. It is three minutes past the hour of ten o'clock, and we are working to get. Oh. It's chicken biscuit time, is what it is. Chicken biscuit time. Chicken biscuits from the Chicken Man from Chick Fil A. Oh no, I lied. They're donuts. Donuts. Yeah. 
Which aren't not chicken donuts. No, not chicken donuts, but not sausage biscuits, and not from Chick-fil-A. We are efforting to reach Eli Stevens and the um, football coach at Forest and hope to have him on soon. If you would like to call in, tell us about some of the games you are interested in seeing tonight, 931-381-1017, and you can get in on the line. Um, Again, when we talked to Coach Stevenson this morning, Maurice, we were a little concerned because he tells us that his game has been canceled, Mm -hmm. and we were hoping that we would be able to to talk to him about that this morning, and we will continue to try and do just that. Otherwise, um, it sounds like we, we may have him. Um, when you look back at all of the things that have happened this week with Independence and, and Brentwood and Summit Page yesterday, Summertown for us this morning what why is why is this so important to these kids to be able to continue to play these games when they're not able to kind of even though say maybe it's scheduled at 10 o'clock this morning you know to play on friday night why is it still important for them to do that i just think you know as we when we went to the Murray County um, Football Coaches Forum back at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. so many of those coaches referred to a sense of normalcy that football brings about or that athletics brings about. And and I think with all of the upheaval that has gone on over the past, what, six months now? Sure. You know, any time you can maintain a routine – maintain something that you're used to I think it's a good thing and particularly for kids you know we talked to um, Bernard Childress back during the preseason the um, executive director of the TWSAA and he mentioned that a a national study showed that 66 percent of high school athletes were showing some some form or some degree of depression for you know the circumstances that the coronavirus pandemic and everything associated with it has brought about the isolation, the um, not being able to go to school, the not being able to um, to participate in your activities, that kind of thing. And so, you know, while while the intent is to keep people safe, and the the need is to keep people safe, at the same time. Uh, I guess there's a need to try to strike a balance between keeping people safe and keeping pe- things as normal as you can. And so I think that's why when these football coaches and these football programs have an opportunity to make up a game on seven hours notice, as Good Pasture and McGavick did last week, you know, you, you take those just because you don't know how many opportunities you're going to have. And you can you, you only need to look back as far as the spring sports to see those kids got one week mm-hmm. and and sudden and how many of them knew that they were playing their last game when they were playing their last game zero so you know with that in mind every opportunity to get on the field you know it's 
we said it earlier this week, cliches are cliches for a reason. When coaches say play every game like it's your last, I don't think Right now I, it makes – yeah, it, it's absolutely the truth. Yeah. So, you know, it's – it's an interesting time. It's an interesting situation, and and hopefully we will come out of this at some point. Yeah, hopefully. Um, I will say this: as we talk about high school sports being, you know, kind of shuttered a little bit. Two more Titans tested positive this morning, so now they are up to seven Titan players. Six total other six total others. So there's that. It's uh that that's that's something that is just a little bit crazy. It's a lot crazy, but you know, for all of the um precautions and protocols and everything that the NFL has in place for that to take place, especially Major League Baseball is in their playoffs and they got some things cleaned up, you know, the uh, the NBA is in their finals, NHL got their finals played. Everybody kind of got through and over their humps, and to see this happen is odd, to say the least. Yeah, you know, MLB had their issues early in the season. This is another issue early in the season for the NFL, so hopefully they can get it worked out much like the Major League Baseball Association did. One uh, late in the season, though, however – the Forest Rockets get a late call yesterday, 3.30-ish in the afternoon, that they will be unable to play their game tonight against Summertown due to Summertown having some COVID issues. Joining us right now is Forest head coach Eli Stevenson. Coach, thanks for joining us. Uh, yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Hey, Coach, we appreciate you coming on. I know – um <laughs> this wasn't the, pri- the Friday that you expected to be having – uh, no, sir, it was not. Uh, we, we were expecting to go play, uh, have Summertown come to our place tonight, but as it turns out, uh, it got canceled because of COVID. I believe, Coach Stevenson, Chris has a proposition for you. I, I'm, I do, I'm, j- and I'm just throwing this out there, but uh, you know, I'm not sure if you're aware, but there's a a guy not too far away who's pretty familiar with the. Chapel Hill Forest community, who's also looking for a game tonight. In case you guys haven't hooked up, you might want to give Coach Brian Coleman a call. Coach, early in the week, it's early in the week. We would have played, but right now it's preparation. I don't think it's uh, fair to the kids to go out. <laughs> being so late in the week and not being prepared for them. We understand, Coach. We, I mean, it's we, not like we're asking you to play, uh, you know, the, defi- the the 5A state finalists from last year or anything, Coach. Yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> we understand. We we get it. But, um, you know, disappointing, I would think, for you guys to not be able to get back on the field and, and try to continue the success that you all have had. You're um, – Bringing a two-game winning streak into this weekend, what what has changed for y'all the last little bit? Uh, now that we we just uh, our, our kids been playing hard all year. We uh, we've we've cut out mistakes and we've got better from week to week. Uh, we're starting to come into we're starting to play our best football at this time, and that's what we look for every year. Is we want to get better every week, and our kids 
they buy into that. They practice hard every week, and we're just getting better. That's what's so. I thought we had a had a good game plan going in, and we was wanting to see if it was going to work in Summertown, but we don't get to do that uh, this week. What are your impressions of this region right now? Uh, it, this region, uh, you got Lewis County. Uh, they, they're rolling right now, and. Um, they're the team to beat, I think, right now. And they, Coach Sharp does a great job down there of coaching his boys up. Uh, Summertown, they had a real good, they got a real good team. They got a good quarterback, good running back, and a receiver. And they play hard. They've been, they've been very tough for, for us in the past couple of years. I think we've, uh, in the past two years, it's been, the total score has been 20 to 13. And it's always been a close game. And, that's one thing that I'm kind of disappointed in. I just want to see our boys compete tonight and uh, and see what Summertown had. Sure, Coach. With the off week next week with fall break, any chance that you guys try to pick up a game in order to not miss two weeks of field time? No, no uh, probably not because uh, fall break here, it's uh, – you got some kids going out of town and it'd be uh, – it'd be – It'd be kind of hard pressed to get uh, to get the kids uh, to play. Visiting with Forest Coach Eli Stevenson, who found out late yesterday that his Region Five Two A game against visiting Summertown would be canceled because of COVID issues on Summertown's part. Um, Coach, beyond you guys, but beyond Lewis County, yourself, and and Summertown, I know that. Um, Loretto plays at Community tonight. Uh, you know, since you suddenly find yourself with an off week, is that a is that a game you might slip over to to try to check out Community? I know you've already seen for uh, Loretto. Uh, we're, uh, now we're gonna go to watch Eagle and Lewis County play. Yeah, it's probably a good choice. Uh, okay, all right. So, uh, but I know uh, Loretto they 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 play hard. They got a scrappy bunch of kids down there against community uh i hadn't seen community yet but uh, i know community they're going to try to spread you out and throw the ball a little bit and run it and i think that would be a real good game to go watch though okay all right hey um obviously wanted to um speak with you about the situation with michael mcclendon your sophomore who who sustained a spinal injury in that Moore County game back on um, September 11th? What is what is the latest on him right now? Uh, right now, uh, just waiting on to go to rehab. Uh, he he's uh, he's still in Vanderbilt, uh, and I think in the next couple of weeks he's going to go uh, get, go to a rehab facility and um, and like that. I just want to say I want to thank for all, all the all the community support for him and his family our community they showed up they showed out for him and it's it's just not our community it's the whole state really they've done a lot for us different programs around uh, there's a lot of them that's that's uh, done fundraisers and, and sent money to them and uh, we're very thankful for that yeah we saw in spring hill where a local pizzeria had sold 700 pizzas uh, in a fundraiser for him and sold out of all of their pizza dough. So that's pretty impressive to see these communities come together like that. Absolutely. 
it is it is and uh w- w- when there's a tough time uh the communities they they want they show out and that's uh that's the good thing about uh small towns around around especially this area they all come together if there's a if there's something bad that's going to happen is is there anything as far as that fundraising type thing going on any anything scheduled that you're aware of that that we need to know about that we need to to get the word out about uh i know at at our school um they're doing a spaghetti supper Uh, it's on it's in october i think october 24th the host is doing a spaghetti supper uh here at four o'clock on a saturday and i think this saturday too one of the the classes they're doing a, a chili supper for them to raise money and and uh and and just just help out the cause is there a um y'all have got a facebook page don't you that you uh, uh yes uh chapel hill touchdown association chapel that's, hill touchdown association so that's where folks could go to keep up with anything that might be going on as far as that goes is that right uh yes sir uh they do a good job of promoting everything for us Coach Eli Stevenson from Forest High School. Coach, thank you so much for hanging out with us this morning on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. We really appreciate your time. Yes, sir. Uh, thank, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Their game, once again, canceled. Uh, but that's tonight with Summertown. That game, like I said, has been canceled, unfortunately. So they will um, – they will take the week off, and they'll take next week off for fall break, which they had already planned to have next week off. So they will unfortunately have to miss two straight weeks of con of contact with some with, with another team. Right after missing most of the preseason of contact and whatnot, so that's just unfortunately the way that that, that this season has gone for a lot of teams. Yeah, um, you know, some teams have been better able to. <laughs> avoid it than others i think we talked last week about zion being the only team and we certainly don't want to jinx anybody but to this point they're the only team that has played every game as scheduled so far and that's these days that's an accomplishment well you know we talk about the depth issues over at zion and how few people they dress out maybe that's why because they don't have as many people to come into contact with for whatever's working hopefully it it continues to work for the eagles yeah absolutely so when we come back on southern middle tennessee sports today we're going to talk about some college football as big news coming out of knoxville yesterday cade mace we'll tell you the latest on him we'll also tell you about our thoughts on some games in the southeastern conference coming up tomorrow and maybe talk a little bit about some swag Got some really cool stuff over in in Nashville. So we'll be right back here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net.
Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Chris Yao, along with Maurice Patton. As always, it is 24 minutes past the hour of 10 o'clock here on WKOM 1017 FM, and we have. Like I said in that last segment, the Titans now have seven players who have apparently tested positive for COVID-19, which means a lot of different things. But it could potentially mean, you know, forfeiting a game next week if there's a two-week layoff of some sort. It's it's getting crazy. Certainly it means that that – Titan Steelers game has been pushed back to week seven now. Is that has has to be at this yeah. point? Pretty sure that the plan is for that game to be played on week seven, and for the Steelers and Ravens game that was supposed to have been on week seven to be played on week eight because they both have buys in week eight currently. Well, no, the Steelers had a buy in week eight. They were supposed the Ravens have a buy. They both had a buy in week eight, so they could just push it one week. Said. Okay. That's how that's how the Steelers Ravens was able to be pushed because they just happened to have the same bye week. Okay. Which okay. is fortunate, I guess, for the NFL, but yeah. okay. whatever. Right. A league that has not had any games canceled as of yet is the Southeastern Conference. And um one Southeastern Conference team is celebrating today as Cade Mays, the Offensive lineman who originally signed and played with the Georgia Bulldogs will now be eligible to play for the Tennessee Volunteers as early as this week against Missouri, I assume. Yeah, I think that's the plan. And um, with a game looming next week against Georgia, this is pretty intriguing. Certainly makes for uh, good television and good radio, right? Uh, yeah. Um, Cade Mays is a Knoxville product. Dad right. played at UT. Um, a lot of folks were surprised when he did not sign with UT coming out of high school. And so, Would have saved a lot of headache and heartache. <laughs> among, and a finger. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know if I wanted to go there or not, but now you kind might of – Might as well. Might as well. Might as well, yeah, and a finger. But – you know, I found it interesting. We talked with um, Ryan Callahan on Tuesday from 24-7 Sports about this situation. And in a year when the NCAA isn't counting eligibility anyway. I wonder if that's going to change considering that most FBS, I think all FBS conferences are now planning to play in the fall. Hmm. Other than maybe the AACs, the AACs playing, yeah, because yeah. Missouri, I mean, Memphis and UCF are playing. Yeah. The MAC just announced Pac-12, Big Ten. I think all of your, like you said, I think all of your FBS conferences. I wonder if that will change, playing. or if they're just going to keep that one going. I don't think you can change it. I don't think so either, because if you want to opt out, you can, and that sort right. of thing. So I don't know. But yeah. at this point, you've already made the rule. But nonetheless, in a year that they are not counting eligibility, it just makes crazy sense to not let the kid play and to be fair the ncaa did clear him the ncaa did clear him it was in southeastern conference rule that was keeping him off the field as of last week right um that conference to conference uh school to school 
within transfer the within the conference was the issue. And that's <laughs> I was really kind of surprised to see Greg Sankey stand on that. And I'm glad that the powers that be ultimately got this one right, in my opinion. Oh, there's no question it's it's the right move. I mean, again, like you said, why? If I understand making a kid sit out and he's going to lose a year of eligibility, it discourages, you know, inner conference transferring. But if they make him sit out, he still doesn't lose a year of eligibility. So there's no real penalty other than he just doesn't get to play this year, which I guess is a penalty in itself. But – Honestly, I mean this, and this Tennessee team can use him because mm-hmm. that offensive line is already—they're—they're they're really good. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but Cade Mays makes them elite. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to the to the degree that an offensive lineman can make a difference, Cade Mays stands to do that with this UT team. That you know, finally feels like they are capable of playing for you know the upper half of that Eastern Division at the very least, and and possibly trip to Atlanta if things fall right. I don't think there's any question that a trip to Atlanta is off the table uh, or is on the table. Mm -hmm. Obviously, playing at home this week against Missouri, that will take place at 11 a.m. Central Time on SEC Network. I'm really interested to see how that game plays out because, you know, Missouri has been a sort of a thorn in the side of Tennessee in, in the past. They haven't been able to take care of the Tigers the way that many think they should have been able to. And then you you bring in the fact that Missouri has a first-year coach in Eli Drinkwitz. And so really the only film you've got on them is last week's game against Alabama. So I'm not sure exactly how much you can take out of that in terms of preparation. So wouldn't necessarily say trap game, but this could be – an interesting matchup for UT just, again, from... As Georgia looms. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Other games in the Southeastern Conference, including mm-hmm. in the in the, in the the Eastern Division that you and I were talking about just a, mil- a moment ago, Florida hosts South Carolina. And if there was ever a team in recent memory that was kind of iffy to be in the top five, that by their own field play probably solidified for me it's florida mm-hmm. they rolled into oxford last week and rolled lane kiffin and the rebels now they did give up some points they, did. they gave up some points but i expected that with the lane kiffin offense but this florida offense which has been struggling over the last decade or so to really get anything going especially in the passing game they looked really good on Saturday. My thing is, I think you would expect a Lane Kiffin offense to be ahead of a Lane Kiffin defense no at question. this point. And so, with that said, I'm still not sure how good Florida is offensively. You're right. I, I definitely think there's a question mark there. But in the past, I feel like Florida's offense would have played to the strength of their defense of the opposing defense, whether it be up, down, or match them. Mm-hmm. I really feel like, you know, this Florida team has an opportunity to be very good 
unfortunately, as a Tennessee fan, <laughs> I hate to say that. But that being said, Tennessee and Florida, who typically play on the weekend before my birthday, will not play until SEC Championship typical weekend, which is the first weekend in December. So by the by that time, by the time that rolls around, it'll be interesting to see where both those teams stand and if potentially it could be a play-in game to that conference title. They should both be, you know, if at full strength, which in 2020, who knows? Who knows? But if at full strength, that should be a, a barn burner, uh, depending on what you're getting out of JG at that point. Or whomever is the quarterback at that point. Yeah. Um, other games tomorrow, the CBS game at 2.30 Central Time will have number 13 Texas A&M traveling to Tuscaloosa to take on the second-ranked Crimson Tide. That one will be over by the end of the first quarter. Well, if, if last week says anything, you're probably right because Texas A&M had their hands full with Vanderbilt eventually winning 17-12. Here's a thought. We just talked about trap games. Was that a trap game even to open the season? Because you're preparing for Alabama. You're not preparing for Vanderbilt, right? I mean, if you're Jimbo Fisher, that's, you're not worried about – you just expect to out-athlete Vanderbilt. That's a fair thought process. That's uh, interesting. So maybe, and maybe, I guess we'll see tomorrow. We will. We'll see tomorrow at 2.30 on CBS. <laughs> or, or soon thereafter. Whether or not Texas A&M is the real deal and worthy of that thir- number 13 ranking – um, and around that same time, you'll see Ole Miss and Kentucky start. And here's here's the thing about the Ole Miss Kentucky game. Again, these are two teams that probably didn't live up to uh, Kentucky for sure didn't live up to what they felt like they should against Auburn last week. Uh, obviously, the the non touchdown mm-hmm. at the beginning of at the end of the first half was certainly a a dagger to their heart. That being said. They've got to make better decisions with their their offense and and get better decisions out of their quarterback. Yeah, that's where I was going. Yeah, and it's just Im- imperative for this Kentucky team to just not make mistakes because they're pretty good but when they don't. They're pretty good, but they have a smaller margin for error, right, than a lot of teams. It, it, it's interesting as I look at the SEC football schedule for tomorrow that this Ole Miss-Kentucky game is the only one that does not involve a ranked team. And as they both lost last week. I mean, again, I I can see it. They both lost to top oh, sure. ten teams. Yeah. It's not like they were supposed to win these games. They weren't. Uh, that wasn't necessarily a knock on either Ole Miss or Kentucky as much as it is that the SEC has eight teams in the top 25. Strong. Strong. Yeah. And I'll be curious to see these these two offenses against each other because, again, an Ole Miss defense probably not up to the standard, and they probably don't have the athletes that uh, that other SEC schools have. So I'm curious to see whether or not these two teams just go on a air raid. That's, that's kind of what I'm expecting. I'm thinking this could be an arena ball type score because Ole Miss put 35 on Florida last week. Right. I definitely expect this one to be high-scoring affair. So yeah. if that's what you're into – and I am. And if you're and and if you're interested at all in the lane train over at Ole Miss, and I am, <laughs> I uh, I think it's a, it's it, it would be a fun one to watch because by the time that 
that this game kicks off, it will be 30 minutes after Texas A&M Alabama, and, and that, that one should be over could by be then. Over by then. <laughs> So you may just have to, to watch this one anyway. <laughs> you can watch that one on the SEC network. Um, on the SEC alternate network at 630, you can see um, K.J. Costello try to reprise his 623-yard performance last week as 16th-ranked Mississippi State hosts Arkansas. If there was ever a game that you would want to play after you throw for 600 yards, it's against Arkansas. I'm just saying. I mean, let, let's be honest here. Arkansas, not very good. And defensively especially. Yeah. First-year coach, it's just going to be a it, – it could be interesting to watch Mike Leach's offense again this week. And you're definitely going to want to – I mean, if if nothing else, if you don't watch the game, just watch the press conference afterwards. That's the best part anyway. Hey, and um, as we mentioned earlier this week, a couple of locals on that Mississippi State yeah. roster, Independence uh, Safety Landon Gidry and former Hillsborough receiver Javante Payton. So, and P the new uniform rule that allows you to wear zero. Oh, that's him? Payton is wearing zero for Mississippi State. That's a pretty – I mean, that's an interesting number. I I would have never thought, oh, yeah, let me get the zero. But whatever. There you go. Um, also at 6.30 on ESPN, number seven, Auburn, Auburn at number four, Georgia. The Deep South's oldest rivalry. I'm curious about this one because it's a top ten matchup, y'all. I mean, not only is it Auburn, Georgia, but it's number seven Auburn, number four Georgia in Athens with maybe twenty thousand fans there. Just, yeah. it's going to be. It's, it's how is this game not the CBS game? Oh my gosh, that's that interesting. Bama bias, man. That Nick Saban bias. <laughs> all of my fan, all of my friends at. at who are Alabama fans, and I have a lot of them, are probably listening and going, there's no bias against an Alabama or four Alabama. Bad. There he is. And, and and here's the reason why, and, and I'll tell you this story, because I don't I don't mind doing it. My dad would tell me a long time ago that, you know, it, it, when the Sugar Bowl was one of the only bowls played, mm -hmm. a, a, a local Sugar Bowl executive once told a story that, they really rooted for Alabama to be in the Sugar Bowl over Auburn because Alabama fans would come down and spend the whole week. Auburn fans brought a $10 bill and a pair of underwear, and they didn't change either one. <laughs> that's awful. Well, uh, and that's, but again, Alabama fans in general are just, uh, they, they spend more money and time and effort into their football team mm -hmm. whereas auburn is a little more auburn more casual but not it. not just not just that but they're they're more auburn like pat dow would say alabama fans are alabama football fans auburn fans love auburn hmm. and so it's a little different and i understand that but that being said auburn georgia is going to be a great matchup final game of the SEC slate this weekend has number 20 LSU traveling to Nashville to take on the Commodores. Vanderbilt going with the um, 
all black look. It's been all over Twitter this weekend. And, and the um, script. In script on the helmet with a um with an outline of the city skyline across the back of the helmet. It's gonna look pretty slick on TV. All I know is that when I saw that helmet, I thought, my goodness, that is a beautiful, beautiful helmet. A thing of beauty, well done. Vanderbilt equipment staff, well done. Whoever designed that uniform and put the script Vandy on the side of the helmet, really excited to see that. I'm excited to see him in all black. Did you see the the Mississippi State? You, I sent it to you. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Sorry. The, the Mississippi – so <laughs> copying Vanderbilt, apparently Mississippi State has put a skyline of Starkville on their helmet, which is just a straight line with a random water tower <laughs> popping up. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. I love Starkville. It's a beautiful town, little tiny town in the middle of nowhere, Mississippi, and, it, you know, it, it's pretty. And if you go downtown, you go to the State Theater or whatever it's called now and take in a, a concert or a, or whatever they've got going on up there now. It used to be a concert venue when I was when I was over in that area. So but yeah. LSU Vandy. Does LSU this will be the first time that LSU hasn't sold out uh Vanderbilt That's Stadium. Wow. Not their fault. <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, typically this would be a, a purple and gold affair in Nashville. It'll be interesting to see how LSU comes back from this Mississippi State loss. And does Vanderbilt have some confidence coming out of Texas A&M playing at home this week? Good question. They'll, you know, you'll see the, the freshman quarterback for Vanderbilt, Ken Seals, again. Um, and seems to have had an impressive showing in the Texas A&M loss, so to see what he does in game two will be worth watching. That it will be. All right, so when we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, really excited because we don't, unfortunately, we don't get to watch the Braves today. <laughs> I don't think it's unfortunate <laughs> at all. It's not unfortunate at all. That's right. We'll talk about yesterday's Braves playoff win sweeping the Cincinnati Reds and also NASCAR coming to Nashville we've got a date we know exactly when it's going to be where it's going to be we'll tell you all the details and more when we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Hey folks while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. It is our last segment of week number two. It's Friday, 13 minutes to the top of the hour of 11 o'clock. Got a couple of things to talk about here in this last segment. If you want to talk, give us a call, 931-381-1017. 
tell us about your exciting weekend planned. Which college football game are you excited about watching the most? There's one college football game that we need to mention that we haven't. MTSU and WKU? Exactly. 100 Miles of Hate. It's homecoming for the Blue Raiders. Looking for that first win of the season. Are you going? It's homecoming. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> and I had an opportunity to go. Somebody offered me a ticket, and, and I probably should have taken it. And had I known some other things were going on this weekend, I probably would have. I may reach back out to them, but I'll probably be lazy sitting home. Yeah, you know. I can't blame you. It's been a long week. It has been a long week. I don't know if anybody else is feeling that, but my goodness. I have we've had a great week here at Southern Middle Tennessee. But it's been a long week. But it has been a long one. And we are we're we're not unhappy. No. We will take it. We will take the good week with the long week and we just got through it, and we're happy that we have been able to do so. But I'm thinking I'm probably just going to be lazy tomorrow. And I don't blame you, man. I've I've got to go to Chapmansboro tomorrow. Oh, over in Cheatham County. Yeah, okay. so I get to do that tomorrow, be there for the majority of the day. So I will miss most of college football, as I typically do, unfortunately. That being said, Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about what we're not going to miss today, and that's not going to miss the Atlanta Braves playing because they are not moving playing. on. Moving on to the division series. They won their first playoff series since 2001 when the likes of Raphael Fercal, Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, John Smoltz, Andrew Jones mm-hmm. were on the roster. Man, that's crazy. B.J. Serhoff, Brian B.J. Jordan. B.J. Serhoff, man. Yeah, yeah. Tough. It's a great day, though. I mean, we we didn't have to. We didn't get quite uh, as much heartburn yesterday. We got a got a run early. Thank goodness. Got a couple. Got got four runs in the eighth, thanks to a couple of dingers, and another just brilliant performance out of this pitching staff led by Ian Anderson, who went six scoreless. The youngster. They're all youngsters. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, when you say the youngster, talking about the Braves starting rotation, you have to say which one. But um, (laughs) I think the biggest thing, really, when you look back at this, will be that eighth inning and the home runs by Marcelo Zuna and Adam Duvall because they had both struggled against Cincinnati. Up to that point, they well, had struggled had a little. Against Cincinnati up to that point, but, but yeah. But um, those two had kind of struggled over the last little bit of the regular season. So for right. them to be able to take a little confidence into the division series against either the Cubs or the Marlins, whoever comes out of that. Are they playing a doubleheader or are they going to play, are they just going to push it off a day? Because their game yesterday was postponed due to weather. I think they're just going to push it back a day, but I'm not sure. Well, again, that's just two extra days rest for the Braves that the either the winner of that will not get. Yeah, I, ideally they will play a third game and whoever that would it be is. Great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to see the the Cubs, but I also um, we're obviously more familiar with the Marlins. So getting, and I think at this point the Braves are in the Marlins' head because every time, again, every time the Marlins score in the first or second inning, the Braves come back and score one more. And Urania's out, right? And Urania's out. Uh, of course, you still got Santana, but even still, I feel like the Braves are definitely 
you know, happier if it's the Marlins, I guess, just because of familiarity's sake. But otherwise, I would just like to see somebody else that we haven't seen because of this, the way that this year has been scheduled. That's intriguing, but I don't necessarily want to be entertained. I just want the Braves to win. So, (laughs) well, are you not entertained? Exactly. So, I don't even care. Which whichever opponent it is that makes that most likely, that's who I want to see. Well, it's probably the the Marlins, if I had to guess. I I don't know. I mean, growing up watching WGN, big Cubs fan, and you know, as much as I was a Braves fan, and first baseball game, first major league baseball game I ever went to was at Wrigley, so that was kind of cool. I uh, got to saw got to see Barry Bonds play with the San Francisco Giants on Randy Myers poster night. Oh wow! Yeah, Randy blew the save in the top of the ninth. Everybody took their Randy Myers posters and threw them on the field because they were mad at him. And the Cubs came back and scored two in the ninth, and he got the win. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love those, right? So my Wrigley Field story, you've heard it. Um, former Marshall County and MTSU standout Jason Maxwell hit his first home run during the McGuire-Sosa home run chase, and it was on a Friday, and I just happened to be there. You were there for a different reason, though, right? Well, like, well, there was a it football was a, game Yeah, MTSU was playing at Illinois on that Saturday. Yeah. So, so, yeah. I'd like to have Jason believe that I came just to see him, but that wouldn't be that wouldn't be accurate. Yeah, well, you can hear them talk about that if you want to on our <laughs> our podcast. It goes back to sometime in June. I think we had Jason on. It was a, mm-hmm. we appreciate that and make it to talk to him here soon in the next couple of months. Obviously, we we're talking about the Braves. They will return to action on Tuesday against the winner of the Cubs Marlins series in the bubble. In the bubble out in San Diego. So that should be fun. It's going to be different. It will definitely be different. But what hasn't been? Yeah, exactly. I guess here's the question, though. How different is it going to be? I mean, you're not playing in front of fans anyway. I think just having familiarity in your outfield with your home park and and where where the ball is, where the fence is, how short, how far, you know, just there's some familiarity, obviously, with home fields and whatnot. So... I would love to see home field advantage in the playoffs just because the Braves would have it mm-hmm. unless they were to play against the Dodgers. Um, but this that should be interesting because the Dodgers will not be in their home park. Yeah. Someone else will be playing in their home park while they potentially could be playing in the championship series in someone else's park. That's weird. It is. It is. <laughs> a lot of weird stuff going on and the houston astros will play in dodger stadium so that should be fun (laughs) be sure the trash cans are gone not just that but man security is going to be oof (laughs) make sure you got plenty of security out there right i man can you imagine being you know altuve and some of those guys i'd have to hire private security you won't be able to leave You'll have to stay wherever you are. Oh yeah, and the delivery guy can't be trusted. No, you got to order under another name, and and have him drop it off at the front desk. Yeah, yeah. My goodness, that should be crazy. Mark men, <laughs> they really are, and 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 for good reason. I mean, you know, it's anyway, anyway. They shouldn't be in the playoffs, but that's 
that's another story for another day. I am happy, though, for Dusty Baker. I'm happy for Dusty, too, especially now that the Cincinnati Reds are out of the playoffs and he's still in it. Bingo. Boom. <laughs> and the Nationals didn't make the playoffs. That's right. Boom. Five minutes to the top of the hour of 11 o'clock. One more thing we want to talk about before we get out of here, and that is we have a definite schedule for the 2021 NASCAR season. It will start with the Clash, which is the road course this year with Daytona. And that is going to be fun to watch. That's on February 9th, 2021. Super pumped about that because the Daytona race course is fun. It's fun to watch, and you get to see a little bit extra from the guys. So a little more driving. A little I more guess. driving. A little more, uh, you know, a little more um, strategy. So really excited to see that. The Daytona 500 will be on Sunday, February 14th. But the one that we are most excited about, actually, before we get to that, did you notice the seventh race of the season on Sunday, March 28th? I did not. Bristol Dirt. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Throwing it way back. Are they are they going to race on dirt at Bristol? Because that would be something. Yeah. Short, uh, short dirt track. Man, that's going to be a lot of fun. Talk about having to drive. Dirt track racing ain't easy. Mm -hmm. Has anybody seen cars? <laughs> Lightning McQueen just thought you just turn left. You turn right to turn left? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it does on dirt. <laughs> and there you go. But yes, the 17th race of the season, the first race coming out of the All-Star Race, which will be held in Texas on June 13th, will be the very next week, June 20th, 2021, the return of NASCAR to the Music City, also known as Lebanon. <laughs> Gladeville. Gladeville, sorry. Yeah. Nashville Super Speedway will host a NASCAR Cup race on Sunday, June 20th, 2021. How do you feel about that? It's pretty exciting. I mean, I'm pumped. As, as, as we've noted here on these very same airwaves, I'm not a huge NASCAR fan, but I know that this is big for the area. I mean, getting getting a cup race back in particular. Obviously, they've they've done some racing over at the fairgrounds here in the last few years, but but to get a cup race to get back on the cup schedule just um, further tells you how NASCAR values this town. Oh, no question. Also, an interesting note on the schedule is Watkins Glen on August 8th is followed up by the Indianapolis Road Course on August 15th. So two back-to-back -back back -back. road, road courses and one of them in Indianapolis. That's, that's interesting. That's different. I'd like to see them race in, uh, in Leeds at the, the Barber Motorsports Park, but nah, whatever. I guess at least you don't have to – you you can use the same car set up two weeks in a row. Exactly. You just, Well, potentially, but yes. Theoretically. To Essentially, some you could, yes. All right. It's been a great week, Maurice. I appreciate you guys out there listening. I know that Maurice does too. Any parting thoughts before we go? Bundle up tonight. Bundle. Or if not, bundle up tonight. At least wear that extra layer that you don't think you're going to need because you're going to enjoy whatever game you're at a lot more if you do. Absolutely. No question about that one. But once again, folks... We'll see you tonight. High school football around Southern Middle Tennessee. I'll be at Spring Hill for Maplewood. 
Maurice will be at the Columbia Central game. He's watching them take on Franklin County and Winchester. Coverage of both those games and more on the website, sm-tnsports.com. Be sure and check that out also, over the weekend. Also check out the school board show tonight, J.P. Plant, Coach Mike, TriStar Friday Night Live, right here on WKRM, WKOM. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint.